Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Is anybody grateful for who he is? Hallelujah. For who he has been. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, let's grab our Bibles or your device or whatever you have. And let's go to John chapter 19, verse 17. I'm going to read this one scripture. Well, verse 16 and 17. Read these two scriptures and then you can be seated. 16. 16. No, no, John chapter 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 19. There we go. All right. Said, then delivered he him, therefore, unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, we've still been in a series talking about deliverance. Deliverance. And as we've been talking about deliverance, getting free from things, uh, we, of course, we've been. You know, we don't negate that the casting out of devils is a real thing, right? It's not something that you really see talked about or done in church, but we see this in Jesus Christ's ministry very, very much. This is something that he did. Cast out devils and he healed the sick. So this is actually, you know, a church that you can, you know, get free if you have, you know, anything that's plaguing your life. Uh, and people don't believe that Christians can have demons. You know, once you get saved, then there's nothing that can come in and never bother you or bind you up and stuff like that. And it's just not true. Because if it was true, then we really would all be living, for the most part, perfectly. You know, other than just trying to conquer the flesh. And you can tell in, uh, sometimes in people's lives, and even though they may love God, but it's almost like they have this other personality, this other identity that they're dealing with. Amen. Uh, something that sometimes that even their own will, they don't want to do. Have you ever had that? You have something in your life you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be this way. I don't like being this way. Right. But there's sometimes there's things that we have come and we have let stuff in through childhood, sometimes through familial, you know, uh, uh, connections, stuff is in our lives that we have to fight. We call them demons, people call them demons, but the act, Jesus actually dealt with demons. He cast them out and drove them out, right? You know, a lot of times now we just call them issues. Oh, I got an issue. You know, I got a problem. <laughs> you know, I have a situation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I have a misunderstanding. But sometimes it's a demonic presence, Amen. And it's not a shameful thing in the sense of that you should try to hide it because, you know, if there's a demonic presence that is present, that's what they love is to hide. So when you expose stuff, and this is why truth is so, so serious and so needful that we know what the truth is and that we walk in truth and not just the truth of just the word, but how the word actually exposes the truth about you. 
Because sometimes we can have people who love the word and know a whole lot of word, but not able to speak the truth about themselves. Right? But if you're really in the word, you should, the truth really, the truth of the word should show you the real truth about yourself, the truth that you don't like to see. Amen? Because God's truth does not have any discrimination. It's not objective to anyone. It is his truth. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So when we're talking about, we've been kind of more in the vein of really talking about deliverance from different mindsets or bad understandings or just the renewing of the mind, right? Because even when a demon or a demonic presence is cast out of a person's life, there's still a mindset that needs to be changed. And that's honestly the harder thing to do is to change the way I think. Change the way I think. How can I come in? How, how can I change the way I view stuff? Right? Because the way I view stuff and the way I understand is how I live, is how I approach life. Is this is, and this is what I feel like is right. And most of the time, this is how I'm comfortable doing things. And because I'm comfortable doing things this way, or I've been taught this way, it's always been this way, this is my habit, then therefore, this is what I continuously do. Amen? So this has always stuck out to me, and you find this in, you know, the different Gospels, where Jesus was crucified. He was crucified in a place called Golgotha, the place of a skull. Now, we can look at it as a place of death, right? But I've always looked at it as, because Jesus came to really challenge the mindset of a people. And this is why they have so many issues with him, because he challenged the way that they thought. And because the way that they thought was not according to how he was thinking or what he was saying. He was challenging them and kind of really exposing that they really didn't know as much as they thought they knew. So they were really upset with him. And this is pretty much why he got crucified as far as their viewpoint, not God's purpose. And their viewpoint was because they hated him. Because of what he was bringing, the truth that he brought caused hatred from people. You ever told somebody the truth and they got mad at you, but they asked for the truth? Just, just tell me the truth. You told them the truth and they about ready to fight you. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's one of the things that this is what you have to deal with when you're a person that really, really speaks the truth. Amen? So in this place, what we're going to be talking about this morning is... Mind surgery, because we've been talking about the mind. And what I'm learning is, and if y'all kind of remember this, y'all, some of y'all may remember this, some of y'all may not. The movie, it comes from Kindergarten Cop. When Arnold Schwarzenegger said, you know, it's not a tumor, because he told me he had a headache. <laughs> so but we're going we're gonna to tie this in. But we want to talk about the mind. And as we've been talking about the renewing of the mind, some things need to be extracted, and some things need to be added into the mind. It is in our mindset that where a lot of truth of ourselves really, really lie. Because nobody really, really knows all your thoughts but God. And if we really was to really, really, really be honest about all of our thoughts and not just try to be like, it was just a thought. But some thoughts are the very truth of how I am, who I am, how I feel, what I'm dealing with. Amen? Amen. And that's the place where God wants to, us to die in. There's a mindset that has to die. A mindset that we have to get away from. And it's not so much of, 
that everything you may think is wrong, but the, your viewpoint on certain things, it may even be relationships. It may be wrong. Your viewpoint on your past may be wrong or not complete. Right? And most of the time, you know it's not complete. You haven't had the whole truth, especially I've learned that when a person begins to get offended, it is very difficult for that person to look at the whole truth. Because when I'm mad, I'm the one that's right and they're the one that's wrong. Every time. So I have a validated reason to hold on to my anger because they're, they're wrong. I'm right. They did something to me. But after they have done something, then what do you do after that? There's still a truth that you have to face. What are you going to do with your offense? What are you going to do with your anger? What are you going to do with the unforgiveness? What are you going to do with it now? Because there's still a responsibility of self. Okay. All right. So when we're talking about this, this death of a mindset, there's a few different things that we have to look at. And we, you take me over to Genesis chapter 22. We're going to get into that. We're going to kind of walk through that. Amen. But the death of a mindset, the first thing that you have to do is expose the thought, belief, or opinion. You got to expose it. You got to be truthful about what you really, really think. If you don't like a person, or it, it may not even be if you don't like, or if this is just your opinion about stuff. This is what you believe. This is your belief about something. You have to be honest about what you think. And you have to be honest enough to be able to bring it to the table and be open enough to say, I could be wrong. But most of the time, because we think it and we have an opinion and we have proof, then we say, you know what? I can't be corrected in that place. So when I expose it, I'm really not exposing it to try to grow. I'm exposing it to prove a point. And when you're dealing with people or dealing with life, always trying to prove a point, then it's very difficult to grow. Because you're too busy trying to be right. Amen? So you have to first, what? Expose the thought. And God's truth, when we get into the word, exposes, it cuts open. When we're talking about surgery, the thing has to get exposed to be able to get to. I Meaning you have to get cut open. And this is one thing that the word of God does. It cuts us open to really look at the inside of what we're dealing with. Right? This is why certain things, when it's said, or certain scriptures, when they're read, they're very difficult to, you know, really do. Or really say, well, that doesn't really seem fair. Right? It really, that, that seems like something that God would not do. Because the, the, truth is, the truth is not just about facts. Truth is an identity. It is the man, Jesus Christ. He is the truth. So when I face truth, I'm facing him. And to face him, I'm facing, I have to face who I am and what I am not. How I measure up and how I don't. Amen? And a lot of time, that, that in and of itself, because this is where people say, well, don't judge me. Truth's supposed to judge us. What does it say in the Bible not to judge? 
It just gives you, if you do judge, then you're going to receive that same judgment back. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that God is the only person that's supposed to judge you. Because if that's the case, then nobody should have an opinion. Meaning you should not have an opinion if you really truly feel that way. You can't have an opinion about anything or anyone, especially not anyone. Amen? The Bible actually does say, if he that is spiritual judgeth what all things. I get to, you can judge all things when you're spiritual because you, when you're spiritual, you judge yourself first. This is how you know a person not spiritual because they're not judging themselves first. I get to look at me first because to truly be spiritual, I have to look at me. I have, to t- I have to tell the truth about me. I can't just tell the truth about you. I can't just point out what's going on with you and not point out what's going on with me. Amen? So that cutting open of God's truth, the cutting open of God's truth helps us to get to whatever, need, whatever needs to be extracted or what needs to be brought in or both. Sometimes some things need to be extracted and brought in. Meaning you have to extract the old understanding and now bring in a new one. Amen? You ever been in, because I want to make this very practical for us, right? Because when you renew your mind, it's a very practical thing. It's not something that somebody's just going to lay hands on you, you're going to pass out, and all this other stuff, so you're going to fall out. Because, you know, in charismatic church, we want to get everything most of the time that way. You know, wave the hand. And, I, and I'm not saying you can't receive stuff. Like, you can receive, but you still got to live it out. Receive all day, but live it out every day, too. You got to remember what you received. Right? So if I remember what I received, look, I, I got to say, look, okay, now, today, what do I do on purpose to be able to say that I am different? than where I was yesterday. When I have this thought, how do I stop the thought so I don't get bitter or any more bitter than I already am? Right? When, I, when I'm looking at something I don't need to be looking at. You know, for us that deal with lust, it should be everybody, right? Folks just think men just deal with lust, but it ain't just men that deal with lust. And if we really look at lust, what, what lust really is, you can lust after some shoes. I know my wife done lusted after some shoes. Right? <laughs> I'll <put> that down. <laughs> That's stuff that she like. <laughs> she ain't by herself. She's not by herself. She ain't shame neither. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We, you can lust after anything. I mean, you have a strong desire for that thing. That you're willing to almost do anything for it. Right? <laughs> well, sometimes we lust after money. That's why most people now are too busy for God. Too busy. And I'm not talking about just church. I'm talking about for God, a relationship with him. 
trying to get, get trying to secure the bag, as they say. I'm a little out of the loop, but I, I see that. You know what I'm saying? Want people trying to secure their bag. I'm trying to secure mine too. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want to lose him in the midst of it. You see what I'm saying? Because he is he is the essence of all things. I can, if I lose him, I lose everything. Even though I got the bag, I have nothing now. Nothing. It's going to have holes in it. I'm going to spin it up. And if I ain't got him, I'm going to spin it on the wrong stuff. Because trust me, if I get enough money, I, and me, by myself without Jesus, with a whole lot of money, no, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. I'm going to be a criminal. Oh, I am. I'm going to be a criminal. That's the truth about me. So I'll do a little side deal on the side. Let's flip this key if I got enough money. That's just the truth. You know what I'm saying? If I can get the money faster that way and I ain't got to wait on the market or wait on this or wait on that, yeah. This is faster for me. I know I ain't the only one. No. I know me. Mm-mm, I have to fight them thoughts off. That, so, to bring me back to my point. <laughs> what do you do about the thoughts? The thoughts that come through your head, do you bring them captive? Do you catch them? Do you inspect them? Do you ask yourself why? Why do I keep on thinking that way? About this situation, this person, this, this, this. And ask God, why? Why do I keep on? Why is this thought continuous? Because it's, it's a little bit easier when you can just, okay, I ain't going to think that way. That's something that don't have a hold on you. But there's some thoughts that have a hold on you. Meaning you have become intimate with that thought. You, you believe what this thought is really telling you. You have an opinion about it, right? So whenever somebody comes to challenge this thought pattern, it becomes very difficult to deal with you. Right? Just when you feel like people don't understand you, nobody understand me. I'm so different. No, you just think differently about this thing. That's it. You're not so different than everybody else. We are all human. Yes, yes, we have different differences, but we are all human. So in your differences, yes, you're different in that way, but it's not you're so different that nobody gets what you're saying. That is a lie. Whenever you start going to extremes to protect the thought pattern, you know it has a hold on you. Whether it's emotional extremes or uh, mental extremes, like this person can never get me, they can never know. They can never get you maybe because you never explained yourself. Even if it means that you don't know how to explain yourself. You may have to say, you know what, I don't know how to talk that well. And express myself. But this is why I think the way I think. And I'm going to try to tell you. Right? So he comes to what? Extract some things. And this is when we must be in disagreement with what we've been in agreement with. And this is where a lot of times we get into conflict. Because it brings conflict to ourselves. We start saying, you know what, how do I disagree with what I've been in agreement with for so long? This is right to me. 
but what if it's wrong to God? So let's go to the story. And we're going to read the first scripture here. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Saying it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, he said, and he said, behold, here I am. So now God tested him. Now we talk about people say, oh, you're just going through a test. But who testing you? How do you know when you're being tested? Or are you, is it just temptation? Is it a trial? Because there's a difference between a test and a trial. A trial is when the enemy is bringing you up on charges. The accuser. The accuser, you know, when somebody says, you know, I'm going to press charges on. This is what the enemy do before the holy God judge. He comes to bring us up on charges against God's word, God's law. When we break that, he said, you know what? They say they love you. They're lying. And this is why we have to thank God for who Jesus is because Jesus is what? Interceding in between these accusations because some of them are true. <laughs> some of them are true. They don't want you. They want flesh better. They want flesh more. Sometimes that's true. They want money more. Sometimes that's true. They just want comfort more. They don't want you. Let me have him. Let me touch him. And we see this, and, and when you go to the book of Job, everybody talk about Job. Job went through all these things. But Job, it really exposes how Satan comes to God and says, hey, let me, let me touch him. And sometimes, and I, I believe that Job was going through a test because God initiated it. And we see this is something that God initiates. So when God is testing you, a lot of times what he's trying to do is get to that thought pattern. He's trying to expose the truth. The truth that sometimes either you don't want to see or the truth that has to be proven by you living it out. It may be a truth on the inside, but it's not a truth that you've lived out yet. Amen? Anybody ever been through a test? That you know you've been through a test? Many times. Because why? God is testing us for what? Faith. When he said, I come back, he's coming back to look for what? Faith. He's not coming back looking for a car. Looking for all these things that the church sometimes begins to, you know, glorify. So it's okay if you stay in a situation with God. As far as God is concerned, if you're in a situation where you continuously got to have faith, he's happy. He's happy. Why? Because this is what he said, I'm coming back looking for. This is what pleases me. Faith. Not how much you can gain. Not how much you can amass. Not how great your clothes look. Not all these things that, that now in this day and age, because we deal with so many different pictures and so many different images and, and, and just profiles and all these different things that we're dealing with now, you know, that people haven't portray, portrayed themselves a certain way. So it's almost difficult sometimes to get to the truth because people want to show you a presentation. 
Don't nobody put on social media when they just going through. Not too many people. Some people do. I don't put on social media hardly nothing. That's the truth. I might share somebody else's stuff. I get on there for business now, and that's it. And I just started doing that. <laughs> Amen? I stay off of there for my own personal reasons, because of lust. Everything up there, before you can run into anything up there. You know what's the truth? You get, fr- get friends with the wrong person, and your feed get filled with stuff that you ain't. And you like, bruh, what in the world? You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. No, I ain't got time for that. That ain't a test. That's me pulling myself into a place that I don't need to be. No. So I get on there for business and try to hold myself accountable otherwise. Amen? So he tempted Abraham. Now, Abraham had already been through years of proving his faith. So some of us would say, God, when is enough enough? When? When is enough enough? Why do you have to test me after you've already, I've already gone through this long test to even get this child in the first place? That seemed like to me, this loving God is being unfair. Right? Can we be honest? Come on, give me that scripture. I'm going to show you why he, he's being unfair, in my opinion. He said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him therefore a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. I want you to take what you love and give it to me. Kill it. Offer it to me. That would seem like not now. Now the God that most people paint now in these day and times, that's not the type of God that we see. This God will never say, "Well, I'm gonna bless you and then tell you to give it up." Right? If He bless you, you know He gonna bless you. He gonna do all that. You know, we we it it, it is something that is hidden behind that called materialism and greed. God don't care about none of that stuff. He doesn't. It's like an ornament to him. But how do, what is it that you love that you have opinions about? Thoughts. A mindset. That when God comes to challenge it, it becomes very difficult. Because God don't leave nothing off the table. And this is why I say sometimes I look at God and say, you know, it just seemed like to me that Abraham done proved himself. If you know anything about this man, like he's gone all these years without a child, he done proved himself. He done proved his faith. What more does God want? Anybody ever felt like that? Like, haven't I done enough? And God is like, no. You've not done enough. Why do we even have the mindset that there is a, some point where there is enough? That we're never going to have to stop proving ourselves. Right? 
just think about this. You get in a relationship with somebody, no matter how long you're in a relationship with them, you still ask them, why you love me? Haven't I proven? I've been here. We done, went, we done had this conversation six, seven, eight million times. <laughs> and you still want to know why. Because proving never stops. Proving never stops. You get breaks. But the proving of your faith is every single day. You don't get to a point that would just be, oh, I'll arrive. God know I'm going to love him. I, I don't have to be tested no more. I get everything that I want. He can trust me with it all. So I'll never leave him. And he know that's a lie. <laughs> he knows it's a lie. He know it's a lie because our hearts can get so seduced by things, by stuff that we love and we're attached to. So he comes to test what? The, to do the mind surgery, to say, look, I need to take these thoughts. I need to test how you think about me. How do you view me in comparison to or in relationship to everything else in your life? Do you see me the way that I am or do you see some kind of different view of me? Just a little bit. Right? Sometimes we don't see God for who he is, so he tests us. Now, we're looking at a man who passed this test. And let me just give you a little spoiler alert. He passed the test if you don't know the, the, the scriptures, but we're still going to walk through them. Amen? But one thing about where he sent him to do this test was the same place, the same area. It was Golgotha. Mount Moriah is Golgotha. Well, Golgotha is Mount Moriah. It's the same mountain region, right there in the same area. So he, 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 he offered something that was precious because it was a picture, it was a foreshadowing of what God was going to do himself. But think about this. Be honest about what do you love? What do you love more than God? What is it? And be honest because we, I'm not talking about a feeling because love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. So when I look at my decisions, my decisions, what do I go after more than I go after God? And if we want to pull the heart into it, what has me more excited than God has me more excited? Because then you have to look at, why do you think about that thing that way when you know what you know about God? Why do you think about that person, that situation, that dream, that job, that amount of money, whatever, whatever it is that tempts you to get away from him? It is, it is a renewing of the mindset to not just be able to say, God, you're the only one that I really need, but it is a real, on the inside, I have to really begin to know your only thing, you're the only thing that I need. That's it. Everything else comes from you. Everything else comes from you. 
So he asked him to do an offer him for a burnt offering. He's pretty much asking him to kill the promise. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem holy. In fact, I could see how this could be confusing. And most of the time, when God is challenging the way you think, confusion is a marker of that. When somebody comes to begin to talk to you about something or begin to produce or, or present you with certain truth about some things, and it, it, it begins to confuse you, then it's something that God is trying to do. He's trying to get a deeper understanding of things that we think we know, that we really fully do not understand yet. Amen? Give me that scripture. So Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, Isaac and his son, and clave the wood for a burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. He obeyed. And we see even the picture. There's two people, two young men. One, one young man is going to be a sacrifice. It's just like the two thieves and Jesus Christ going to the place, going to the place of crucifixion. Amen? So he got up and he started moving. Give me that scripture. So then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. So it's almost like to him, his son has been dead for three days. He's had to deal with my son. I have to kill my son. Because this is what God is asking from me. Now, there's been so many different things. We trying to speculate what Abraham was thinking. Right. We try to speculate, Okay, well, he knew that God was not going to allow him to kill his son. Or even if he did kill him, that he knew that God was going to be able to raise him up and all. But he doesn't say any of this. None of it. So we are all we know is his actions. He got up and he did it. What is it this week that you just need to get up and do? That you really need to sit down, make a real decision, this week it's got to get done. That God has been telling you, look, this has to be done. That week by week by week by week, other things have been more important than that. But now, it's just get up and do it. Because think about this. Think about this. If you've not moved towards it, what's holding you back? If the mind, because in your mind, other things are more important than what he has said from me on down. Now, personally, I'm just be honest. I just sometimes I'd be like, God, it just seemed like a lot on my plate. He was like, well, some of that you added yourself. <laughs> some of this is your desire, and then you have to deal with my desire, too. So that's your choice. I said, Okay. I said, well, God, I feel like you graced me to come and, you know, come into this. He said, yes, because it was your desire. So it is your desire. I grace you to do it because I love you, but I still want what I want too. 
So then I have to look at myself. Do I have the work ethic to do, to do what I want and do what he want? Even though he's graced me to do the things that I want to do. Hallelujah. See, there's some things that we, we, we've just not made real decisions about. You ain't made a decision that this is more important than that. We don't think that. We think God can hold off. He's not in a hurry. I got time. Do you have time? Do you? How do you know you have time? How do you know that the very thing that has you stressed from year to year, month to month, week to week, is not in the thing he's telling you to do? We don't know until you do it, right? Until you actually finish it. Amen? So then on the third day, where well, he lifted up his eyes. He saw the place afar off. St. Abraham said unto the young man, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again unto you. Worship is the way that we begin to change our mindsets. But worship is not just crying. And worship is not just emotional. Mm -mm. Worship has to be grounded in truth. And that's why I have to come and bring the sacrifice. Because really, when he's talking about worship, he's talking about sacrifice. <laughs> he's talking about something got to die. And all throughout the Bible, when we look at worship, something had to die in order for worship to happen. From the Old Testament to the New. For us to come to God, something had to die. Not, now we talk about us being that living sacrifice now. Why? Because why? We have to be that sacrifice that's willing to die to be able to worship. So sometimes the, tear, the tears is me giving up my, myself. It's not something. Yes, it is him. He's great and stuff. But in the, in, in the truth of who he is, I'm crying because I'm, I'm nothing when I really get in contact with him and the things I, I see how far away I am from where he's called me to be but I know I can't get there without him amen so what mindset what train of thought what tumor got to die Because a tumor is what? It's just a mass of abnormal cells. What abnormal thinking is putting pressure on your spiritual life? Because tumors in the brain put pressure on the brain. And they can cause people to do all sorts of things. People can lose their inhibitions. They can, they can lose different functions of their brain because of the tumor that's on their brain putting pressure on their brain. So what tumor, what abnormal thinking is putting pressure on your spiritual life where you're trying your best to make progress, but it's this thing, this, this belief this, this situation, this thing that your parents might have told you about you or somebody who's in authority spoke this over you and it still it really affects you more than what you say it affected you. 
then now you're still trying to really prove to yourself and that word and that thing that was told to you that, that they were wrong. Who are you trying to prove wrong? Because you're only living your life. Sometimes we're trying to prove people wrong that ain't even in our lives. They gone. Trying to make their opinion to be wrong. They gone. So they worship. Look at your name and say, you got to worship. And worship starts with death. Come on, say that. Say that. Say worship starts with death. <laughs> it does. It starts with something dying. Amen? Come on, give me the next scripture. Say that Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac and his son, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they both went, and they both of them together. They went, both of them together. So he's obeying. Come on, Isaac. This don't make sense to me, but I trust him. This don't make no, this don't make no sense to me, but I trust him. I, 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 I trust who he is. I think in that one statement, we, we could say that he, I believe he did say that in some sort of trust that we're going to come back after this worship. Because I know him. I know him. Amen? So he took the fire in his hand, a knife, and they both went together. Give me the next one. So Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold the fire, the wood. Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? He's confused. And sometimes this is what holds us back from really changing or really beginning to adopt a different mindset because other people around us not going to understand immediately. Because if we really be honest, we want to be accepted. It is a human need. As much as people say, I don't care about what nobody thinks. Okay, but there's a part of you that do. There's a part of you that do. And if there's no part of you that doesn't, that part of you has probably been hurt. And you're just trying to guard yourself. That's a, that is a statement of, I'm guarding myself from rejection. Right? So his son is like, where, 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 you know, where's the burnt offering at? This doesn't make sense. There are some things that God is going to tell you this year that's just like, it's not going to make sense. Because if you, have, if you want to grow, there are things that you don't understand yet. There are things I don't understand yet. And growth only comes when I begin to be challenged where I am to get past where I am. So you have to be willing to do what? I have to say, God, you know what? I don't know everything. And I know we say this, but we at times hold on to what we know to the point to where that is just what we know. That's it. That's, a, that's who he is. I know him to be this. Boom, 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 boom. But you don't know everything about him, all of his ways. And we know that Abraham had a very close relationship with God. He called him a friend. 
So if this man calling him a friend, then he knew, he knew his friend is not asking him to do something that does not make any sense. So let God into your thought process. As we read the word and get into the word, let God into your thought process. Why do you think? Let me ask you this. How, why do you think that you're going to get to a place that you know little about? Meaning, if you're interested in certain goals in your life, but don't go after learning more to be able to get to those goals, how are you going to get there? Because God is a wise steward, right? So he, he wants to do what? Get you ready to get there. So you don't waste stuff when you get there. Right? So why are you not seeking out more knowledge? While you're seeking him about what your goals are in him. Amen? Or in life, period. What things are you going after to be able to get to know to prepare yourself? As an act of faith, God, I believe this way you're trying to take me. I understand there's some things I just don't know about this stuff. Amen. Y'all are still with me? Come on. St. Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. He knew, okay, God, I know him. I know that he's going to provide himself, even if it means you. He's, he's going to provide an offering for himself, even if that means I got to kill you. But he's going to be who he is. Amen? <laughs> Give me a scripture. Say, and they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. So he's getting things together, still doing what he's supposed to do. He's preparing to obey God. Even though this doesn't make sense to the outside eye. It doesn't make sense to, to Isaac. It doesn't make sense that God will promise to give you something and then take it away. It was a challenging, a testing of the mindset, of the heart content of who do you think I am? Do you trust me? Ask yourself, in your life right now, do you trust God? Not just have faith, do you trust him? Because faith, you can have confidence, but trust means I can rest. If it's hard for you to rest, and then you're struggling with faith, then you know it's difficult for you to have trust. Because trust means I know your character. That even when my faith is difficult, I trust what I know about you. And for all of us in here, God has proven enough to us for us to trust him. Right? So what mindset brings this distrust? What mindset brings this place to where, God, you're not going to do what you said? What, 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 what fear? Why does fear have such a hold on some of us sometimes? 
that I can't trust him. Amen. Put it in order. Get your mind in order. God, okay. And I believe this year, I believe, and this is, just, I'm going to say this for me. I believe that God wants us to look deeper into our lives and really work. And not just talk. We done said so much that we ain't did. Wrote down so much that we ain't done. And I know that ain't good English, but. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, we, we've done so much, like, that, that has not been completed. And it's almost like it's the norm. And it shouldn't be. Or is it just a mindset of failure? I'm too afraid to fail to try real hard. Because if I try real hard and I fail, I won't recover. Or if I'm too afraid to fail because I'm going to be embarrassed. And I don't want people to look at me and me fail. What? At least you tried. 98% of people don't try. Try and fail. Then you learn something, then you go try again. And it, you don't just learn something about the thing that you're trying, you learn something about yourself. How do you handle failure? And why is failure so bad? Why is a mistake so detrimental? Not saying you got to take a chance with everything in life. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> There's some things you do have to be calculated about. Amen. But there's some things you just got to try. You just got to just go ahead, get your stuff together, and do it. Just do it. In the process of doing it, you'll change your mindset. Your mindset will be forced to be changed. If you go after it with the same strength that you've gone after other stuff. When your will is invested. When you're excited about it again. When you're willing to face the ups and downs of it. Look at your name and say, where's your faith? Is it just in your mouth or in your feet? Because we talk a big game. We talk a big game. Everybody, I, I believe God, do you? Because if I do, I have to look at myself sometimes. You know, I don't believe him like that. Because if I did believe him, my works would follow. I'm not talking about manifestation. I'm talking about my works. My works will follow. My level of belief in some areas is low. Right? Yeah, that's some of us. I know it's me. This fast has helped me to look at a lot of things about myself. The lack of discipline. How much food controls me. My mind, not just my body. What I'm willing to give up. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I willing to displease myself? 
to make myself healthier. Spiritually, naturally. Am I willing to experience less pleasure as an investment into my life? Because we want, we want temporary pleasure, immediate pleasure. We want stuff to happen just like this. And a lot of things just ain't going to happen like that. It's, you're going to have to put in long hours, long work. You're going to have to put aside stuff that you don't want to put aside. You're going to have to be frustrated some days, confused, upset, and begin to get, to get to God and begin to get some understanding and get some wisdom and learn through the process and be broken all over again. Some of us just need to be broken all over again. You got it two together. You two together. two together we two put together sometimes but just get to the broken place right in that broken place you find him when you don't care about what nobody else think he ain't trying to keep your makeup straight don't care what your hair look like i don't care my clothes get dirty i don't care about none of that i care about how i get closer to him how do I get an understanding of who he is? Are we desperate anymore? You have to ask yourself, are you desperate to be able to know him? And if you're not desperate to know him, what are you desperate for? Is it just relief? Manifestation, what, what are you desperate for? Acceptance, victories. I am desperate for a few victories now, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I, I want a few wins, you know what I'm saying? Saying Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Now I'm thinking about in the midst of this test. What you have waited for for so many years. And God acknowledged how you feel about it. He acknowledged you love him. But I want you to kill him. I want him. It was even outside of what God had told him what was going to happen. Because Isaac is supposed to be been. The, the continuation of the generation to be able to, you know, that they will fill the whole earth as the sands of the seas, the stars of the sky, all these different things. So why would you tell me to do something that's opposite from what you have said? It's just a test. You may have to tell the truth. You're tired of being tested. I'm tired of being tested. It seemed like this test... It's like 50 years long, and I'm not even 50. You see what I'm saying? Like, it just seems like, like God, you're dragging this along. I don't understand you. I don't understand you. I don't understand what kind of, and it almost, it begins to make you start, the enemy starts to try to twist your mind like God is just trying to torture you. He really just wants you to fail. You'll never be good enough for him. Just leave him. You ever been there? Just leave him. You'll never be good enough for him. You'll never really please him. And he's like, no, you came from me. I know what's in you. And I know what it takes for you to be able to get to a point of change. A point of brokenness. 
a place of obedience for real where it does not matter that much what people think that you're still willing to do whatever it takes I visited that place a couple of times I ain't stayed there I get there and I leave I get there and I leave and then I wonder why things don't always line up the way I want them to or the way that God said I'm not going to come up here and fake and act like I got it all together every day because I don't. I do not just because I got, (laughs) just because I'm a pastor does not mean that I got it together every day. I'm trying to keep it together from day to day to day to day. What I do for the body is his gift to the body. I still got to live for him. Amen. So he got this knife in his hand. Go back. He got this knife in his hand, and he's like, I'm about to kill him. He's going through this test. He's passing with flying colors. Because I would have been begging God. God is no way. I'm going to get away from the other young men that know how my relationship is with him, but you know what I'm saying? When I get on this mountain, God, we're going to have this out. You're going to have to explain this to me. You got, and there was no explanation. There was no, there was no type of just comfort that was given to Abraham. Like, I got you. I'm going to come through for you. There was nothing. Go do this. And we get angry with God, upset with him. We don't understand him because he asks for stuff that seems to be offensive to our mindset. Because I don't understand. And that's what some of us are. You have to understand. Why do you have to understand to obey? That's the mindset for some of us. You have to understand. It has to logically make sense to us. It just don't make sense to me. So then we get angry, frustrated. It doesn't have to make sense for it to be fruitful. It doesn't. It has to make sense to God. And things that make sense to him don't always make sense to me. Just think about it. When Jesus said, look, forgive People are 70 times in, in, by times seven in the same day? That don't make no sense. Not to me. At some point, I should be able to get revenge. Oh, come on. I ain't the only one. some point, I should be able to step on your foot, slap you in the face or something for doing something to me. At some point. Or just leave you alone. Cut you off. I should be able to do something to protect myself. But I got to keep on forgiving? How does that make sense? If you want to be great, you got to serve everybody. It don't sound like you're being great. It sounds like I'm being used. Oh, come on. See, these, real, these are real thoughts that we have. Like, okay, God, I know you're saying that this, this is supposed to be the way that it is, but this don't seem right. This ain't what we shouted. We ain't shouted about this. (laughs) 
You know what I'm saying? We didn't give God praise for me to feel like this. And he said, well, yeah, you did. Because <laughs> this is the way that it is. You have to do things you don't want, want to do. That's real Christianity. It is real life. But when people come to the church, they act like it's not. I should be able to get what I want here. No. That's not, you don't get what you want at your job. How are you going to get what you want here? And I ain't talking about here in the church. I'm talking about in, in being a believer. We didn't get what we want when we was growing up. So how are you going to get what you want now? Oh, there's things that we have to do. And that's the, way the re- renewing of our mindset. God, I don't see you. And, 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 and it, it, God has to push us to the place to be able to tell the real truth. I had to get to a place of being so hurt that I said, God, because of the things I've been through or because of how I have felt about certain, I don't look at you to be good. I have said that you're good, but I really, in my heart, I don't believe that you was good. I think you was good because you've been good to other people. And in general, I read that you're good. But for me, I don't think you're good to me. And it's just, it was because of hurt. It was because of pain. It was because of all the disappointment. It was because of anger, resentment, all these different things I was dealing with. It had nothing to do with God not being good. It just had everything to do with me being a human in my human experience. Some things you're just going to have to live through. God is good, and he's going to be good while you live through it. He's going to prove himself while you go through it. But be honest about what's going on in your mind. What's putting pressure on your spiritual life? It's not a bad thing. Pressure is a good thing. It just don't feel good. (laughs) Then the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here am I. Be next. So he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou, do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou, thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. If God knows everything, why did he have to do this? It's the question, if God owes everything, why should I have to pray? Why should I have to talk to him? If he knows, if he knows everything, the Bible says he knows what I'm going to ask before I ask it. So if he knows everything, now is he saying, now that I know? No, he's saying, now that you have proven. You proved it. I know it in reality now, in action. I may know what's in your heart, but what are you going to do? Can you live it? Now, for Abraham, he lived it. But for some of us, I say me, I ain't lived it every time. There's some stuff I I straight failed that test, straight failed it. 
more than one time. More than one time. I straight failed it. I got to go back to school and learn some more. I got to be honest about what's going on in my head, what I've learned, what am I applying. Amen? But see what he says. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. What part of your train of thought does God not get? Meaning, what is it that you just not, you don't, we, you don't really talk to God that much about that. You kind of trying to figure this out on your own. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I don't really need God for that. I don't need God for my job. <laughs> if you're a teacher, I know you do. Because they don't pay you enough and they try to stress you out. But, <laughs> but I think everybody need God for their job. <laughs> There's nothing... There's nothing that God does not want to be a part of in our lives. Nothing. Not just because he is God and the Lord, but because also he just wants to be that close to us. He wants us to be one with him. We're not separate, doing separate things. He's not a sidebar type of thing. Something I just visit on Sundays. But it's an everyday type of I walk with him. We just, you know, we do stuff together. I got a relationship. I really, really understand him. Amen? He understands me. I listen to him. I try to get my, 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 my ears open to be able to follow him. Amen? So what, it, what is it that you're withholding from God? And sometimes you may not even know. It'll show up like this, and I ain't going to hold y'all. It'll show up like this. In natural relationships, you only let people get so far before you start pushing them out. Or you start to guard yourself. If you're like that naturally, you're like that with God. There's no way you're not. There's no way. There's no way you all the way open to God and not all the way open to people. Because it's relationship. You may feel like, oh, God got all of me. God don't have all of me. I'll just be honest. And some of it because he done told me. I know I do not have all of me. <laughs> I don't have all your heart. There's some things you still feel like you can do on your own. Look. Look at, look at this. You did this without even talking to me. Not so much that it was wrong, but you did this without talking to me. You just making decisions willy-nilly all on your own. <laughs> it's the truth. What is that? It's the pride of life. It's, it's because I feel like I can, I, I got this. I don't really need you for that. Right? Or even I know how to incorporate you into that later. <laughs> when I need you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to waste your time, God. <laughs> I don't want to waste your time. 
I want to maximize, you know what I'm saying, this, 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 this situation we got going on right here. Amen? And that's not anything I say out of my mouth purposely, but in my actions, my actions say that. When I see a pattern in my life, what does your actions say? Because your actions will show you the pattern of your thoughts. It's what's been established. St. Abraham lifted up his eyes, excuse me, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram, offering up the up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said that this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. You know, we all everybody done talking Jehovah Jireh. He's gonna provide for me, pay my bills, right? Gonna pay my bills, gonna he gonna <laughs> well, we need Jehovah. He's a provider. I truly believe he is a provider. He's already provided. If we really see this, most of the time he's already given it. We just don't see it. He has to reveal it. Meaning, I have to get a different perception. Sometimes my thought pattern. It's in the way of us seeing what he's already given. It's like, you still praying for that? I gave that like two years ago. It's right in front of your face. Like, it's right there. It's, the, it's, it's, it's in the person you don't want to deal with. It's right there. It's in the conversation you don't want to have. It's right there. It's in the things that you only want to talk about halfway and not all the way. It's right there. You only want to talk about it three times, not 18, not 25 times. Because we think if we talk about something that hurt us a few times, then we good. I can move on. You feel better, but it don't mean that you can move on like it don't still affect you. Because hurt makes you start to put up different defense mechanisms. And then you'd be wondering, like, well, why this person, act, they say I act like this. It's because of the stuff that you ain't dealt with yet. Not fully. You act, you act like that because it's stuff that you have not dealt with. It's things that you have not said. It's truths that you have not faced. It's those things. I don't want to talk about that. Not to that degree. Why do I keep on talking about this? I ain't even mad about that no more. No, you're not mad. You just jacked up now. It jacked me up. So I'm, I don't forgave the person, but I'm still jacked up. Right, because stuff jack us up. It jack us up in our thought pattern, jack us up in how we, how we relate to people, how we relate to God, all these different things. It jack us up. And that's the thing that God said, look, I need to come remove that tumor. Because we keep on saying, ain't no tumor there. Just like Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's not a tumor. But you got pain that's still there. You got something that's there. It's happening. It's a tumor. <laughs> something is there. It's abnormal. It's causing abnormal habits, abnormal reactions, abnormal ways of thinking, even when somebody brings to you things that make sense. They can come sit down and talk to you about stuff that makes sense. It makes sense. 
And you still like, nah, well, I that's just not the way I do it. Well, that show <laughs> if this if this is sanity, but that's not the way you do it, why do you keep on doing it the same way? You gotta see it. Look, look. Ask God to show you what the answer already is. Sometimes we so caught up in something that we feel like he hasn't done, though he has done it. He's already done it. And I don't want to get too deep here, but how can, how can a God who is at the end of all things not do something? that he said he's going to do. Think about it. The Bible even talks about that Jesus was sacrificed or he was crucified before the foundations of the world. He already did it before he even made the world. Christ had to come and go live it out. This is our struggle. The stuff he's already did. You're just living it out. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. We only lack because we don't see. We only lack because the avenue to be able to get what he said is too uncomfortable. Or we just disagree with the way how to get it. Or we have not mustered up the strength to be able to do it or the discipline or the understanding. Amen? So let God do some mind surgery, meaning it's going to take some time. Let the uncomfortable cuts come to open up your mind. The uncomfortable cuts of truth come to open up your mind and say, okay, God, show me what I don't want to see about myself. Show me what I feel like is not there. Show me what I feel like I'm already over, that I'm not. Do some surgery on me. Deliver me. I really, truly do want change. You know I want it in my heart, but in my mind, my mind is in the way. I feel like it should only come this way. Or if I do this and do this and do this, it should come. Show me. Hallelujah. Come on and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Let's go to the place of Golgotha. The place where you die to an old mindset and enter into a new one. It's a process. It ain't going to happen all today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's be committed to the process.